There's a squirrel outside. Hello. There's welcome. a dog outside. How you doing? What's going on? Welcome to uh the the backup snack. Uh it's currently September 13th. It's about 1:30 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh but for you listeners, joyous individuals listening or watching, uh it's probably like December 24th or something like that. Just because sunny august days baby oh yeah sunny exactly. august days yeah we are recording this as a backup just because we know around the holidays we're gonna go on a bit of a break uh i'm gonna be in disney world and it's christmas time it's gonna be the holidays matt what do you you, you do anything specifically for the holidays or are you just Probably gonna going be hanging to with or something oh uh, we always yeah. go somewhere usually um i'm hoping to at least probably just for a weekend though nothing crazy i like miami but Miami's Miami, baby. Miami's a lot. Miami's South Miami's like, like the, lot. it's like the Vegas of Florida. You know, <laughs> you don't talk about it. No. Anyway, exactly. what are we doing uh, today? Uh, we're prepping, dude. We're prepping. We're talking about our favorite media of all time. Our top, mm -hmm. I guess you could say, five in in different aspects. We're talking music, movies, TV, consumer tech, and books. Books is something we rarely cover in this, but talking about all media. Uh, we, we read from time to time. This is like uh, the ultimate yeah. anything bowl episode. It's just our favorite of each thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Was, you why you, you were like going? I was like, oh, he's gonna. I know, have I'm like sorry. This grandiose explanation. I'm no, like, no grandiose explanation with me. Uh, there we go. You know, it's it's a day off from work, so I'm I'm chilling. I've been up since six, regardless. Went to the gym. Tired. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to see because. You know, ideally this is going to go up around Christmas time, but it could also be a week where neither of us have the opportunity to sit down and record. So it could just go up whenever. It's like an emergency episode. So I'm just excited to see to. the difference of what we might look like or talk like or act like circa however long between now and this goes posted. So let's see. We're going to be less sexy mastodons come December. Less, you know, sexy less mastodons. sexy mastodons. All right, so let's start with the music. Yes. Matthew, I'll let yes. you go first, man. You are you're the sweet baby boy. Tell me about your favorite piece of music of all time. I guess we'll call it an album. <clears throat> so, I'm going to do it like mini stories. So basically, I was looking at the no. Um <laughs> I remember very clearly. It was Christmas. And I won't get into it. I won't say what I got per se that allowed me to enjoy this, but um, one of the key things was the Marshall Mathers LP two by Mister Nim Nim. Wait a second, is it number? You said number two. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I always mix them up. MMLP one. Uh, okay. Excuse me. Oh my god. I was gonna be no, because I was gonna say that. Not, I mean, no, both good albums, I, but. Nah, but of all time, but MML no MMLP one of all time. Um, the way I remember it was I was in the back of my I don't even remember. I think it was like a Dodge Durango. You know, like back in the early two thousands, like everyone was driving really big trucks and shit. No one gave a fuck about the environment. We were stealing oil from Iraq. So the thing is, what? I was in the back and. I like I didn't really know how to use this thing mind you I'm like six or seven years old right I'm scrolling through and I just press the play button what's the first song that comes on I want you to guess 
Is it Kim? I'm a criminal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was gonna say that's quite the way to scar someone if it's Kim. <laughs> no. You're like, Dad, what's this song? No, mean? Why no, is no. he? Why does she sound like Why that? Why is he crying? Um, no. Yeah, it was Criminal by Eminem. And I was like so shell-shocked because like I never heard things like that before. I think a lot of people were when they first heard him. Um, but I think also in turn as uh, he birthed the white boy rapper, you know, because everyone wanted to be a rapper after that, right? Oh, yeah. You didn't listen. If you didn't listen to Eminem and wanted to be a rapper, what are you doing? You should have jumped He's off the, the bridge years ago. What? Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, I uh, that was kind of like my influential thing because then after that I was obsessed, right? Like I understandably so. I went I went on to like remember MP3 Rocket back in those days, like LimeWire and oh, stuff. LimeWire I used. LimeWire destroyed quite a number of computers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so pent up on his music that you know, like when you like you downloaded the music, like you. Because obviously a lot of us couldn't afford it at the time. You know, iTunes was a weird time. iTunes was quite I a... pay for my music legally. So. <laughs> now we do. Yeah. I, I can't, <laughs> Technically, I can't I speak do. on before. <laughs> no, but um, but it, it was even past that too. Like, I wasn't just like into downloading the music. Like, I was into categorizing the music. Like, when I was younger, I used to go into like the iTunes info settings. And even if it was just like an MP3, like and they found off YouTube, right? I would like go into the info. I would look up the exact liner notes. I would look up the exact like people who helped on the song. What the heck? And because I wanted to feel like I actually had the album, like I just uh, didn't want it to be like on my okay. I, I I didn't want it to be on my iPod just like that. So, like to me, it was really special because that's what not only got me interested in the music in the first place, but it 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 was like a new form of expression. Cause I think at the time I was like really, well, I'm still introverted now, but in a different way. Like I can actually like talk to people and not be like a total tard. But <laughs> back, back in those times, like I was a kid that not that sound like, but like I didn't have a lot of friends growing up until I went, until I probably went to middle school. So, um, it was very useful to have something. I was like, Hey, this is, I can't relate to wanting to beat up my wife but no no not at all i could definitely relate to feeling like a piece of shit at seven eight years old <laughs> so you know what happens but uh yeah that's my most influential album i think and then as i grew older obviously i think the themes obviously started to make sense and sometimes i just go back like if you take out like some of the more aggressive songs which are fucking amazing phenomenal <laughs> um <laughs> There's a lot of good storytelling on that album. Incredible. You get past the cursing and everything and the shit that people give M for, like, he tells a lot of interesting stories, man. So he does. I think best tracks off that album are probably well, obviously Stan. Uh Way I Am and probably I mean I used to be criminal, but now I think it's probably between like Amityville and Bitch Please Two. So those those Bitch like Please Two is a vibe. It is. Mostly because but, Snoop Dogg talk. Oh, dude, that's the other part too. When his verse came in, like, I was like, hype. Let me recite till Timothy White pickets outside the Indoscope office every night. Okay, my oh, turn. Yeah. All right, so yeah. my number one album of all time, it, it used to be the Marshall Mathers LP, but I, I had to change it just in us or just now, like looking through 
music because there is one album that I'm constantly going back to every fall season for some reason. Anytime I'm just in a sad mood or anytime that I feel like putting on a CD in the car, 90% of the time it is going to be Vices and Virtues, the third album from Panic at the Disco. And it's not just that one. It's not even the bonus track deluxe edition. It's like the stupid Japanese deluxe edition that you could only get having it like internationally shipped and having the extra three songs on it. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So I'm, I'm crazy. I have three copies of Vices and Virtues. I have when I was. Oh, my God. My sophomore year of high school, I was dating this girl. Uh, for Christmas, she got me this album, the, the hard copy of this album. I had never listened to it. At this point, I was like a 50-50 Panic fan. Like, I only kind of knew, like, this is gospel and, like, I write sins. And she got me this album, this hard copy. So I have that on hard copy. And it didn't take very long for me to learn it, whatever. Ballad of Mona Lisa has become, like, the song that is probably tattooed on my brain. Uh, from there, I learned about the International Edition, and I bought it maybe a year or two later, just because it had those couple of extra songs. And then my overly emotional dumbass bought another copy of the regular Vices because the original one had too many memories attached to it. Mm. I, st I have all three. It's it, it, it was just me being young and dumb. So now I have an extra copy of a CD I don't need. But regardless, Vices is just that album to me. I know it front to back. I know every word and chord and whatever it may be. I don't ever put it on shuffle because I like the pattern. The sequencing. Yeah. Exactly. And it just... It's one of those things that also just breaks my heart looking like at Modern Day Panic, how there's not a single song from this phenomenal album on any of his touring and he never plays any of it live. There's so many of these songs he's never played live. It's it's just that album for me. I think because he has a lot of um, bad memories attached to it last time I yeah, checked too. Of course, um, uh, that, that's post Ryan Ross Panic breakup and uh, yeah. that's when he was drinking and boring and smoking and everything yeah yeah not a good well, time for in his life but a great album for me no it's a fantastic album i think you were the one that put me onto it you're the one who really put me on the panic when i was mostly a fallout guy in the first uh -huh. place um i can't really go back to those bands anyway because of the memories attached anyway it's yeah. cool to see them performing and stuff like that but i can't i can't go back I can't for me it's back. just like it's I don't know. It's, you know, when you listen to a song, it reminds you of a certain time in your life. But when you listen to a song or a piece of music so often or for so long, to me, it, it, it's, I think it's a really cliche way to put it. It's this album has transcended any memories I have. Like it used to be there were only certain songs and certain albums I could listen to, especially from Panic. And now it's it just reminds me of sitting in the car and singing like I, yeah. I, listening to the Ballad of Mona Lisa or something. I'm not pinpointed to any point in my life besides just sitting in a car mm -hmm. so i'm fine with it uh, we listen to that on a lot of trips a lot of like yeah you know whenever you me and our one friend always went out and this and that you know i mean um there's a lot of shit attached to it i didn't really think about it now the way that you put that though um definitely a good time for sure Phenomenal. So, all right matt yeah. tell me about your favorite movie of all time Woo. all right freshman year of college um I heard a lot. Well, this is when I first started getting into uh, Quentin Tarantino movies. So anybody probably sees where this is going. <laughs> Quirked up white boy on oh. Quentin Tarantino. Um, I mean, at least yeah, I'd say Fight Club. <laughs> no, no, wasn't that at one point? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I um, 
I remember this movie coming on and I think it was like just straight off the page in Netflix and mind you I mean Miguel could tell you too I wasn't really big of a movie guy as I am now so because of that I wasn't really um, prepared to see what the hell I was gonna see because my biggest gripe with most movies was not that I'm looking for like artistic statement but I just want something that's a bit I don't even know if controversial is the right word but like something to something to like like I guess make me feel uncomfortable but I mean that in the best way I feel like the best art makes you feel really uncomfortable um whether if the emotion is really happy or sad or violent or angry to which I think this movie kind of did all that so it's Pulp Fiction um for those of you who haven't guessed it's a great movie <laughs> i'm pretty sure like everybody at least a majority of people have maybe seen it or seen the clips or the memes or whatever but i don't know it's a movie that i keep going back to and it just it gets better with every watch you know i think the way that there's like multiple storylines being told and how they kind of meet up in the middle is very cool and i don't although you see that in maybe arcs like marvel and stuff like that today and the most popular movies it just it, it didn't have like a character like it, it's a, there's a nuance to it you know because when you first watch the movie it's not like american psycho types of level where it's like oh okay i have to watch this a couple times it's more like every time you watch it oh okay well, i see how this happened and i see how this happened but wait what's that and that's the thing right nuance and because of those little nuances you're able to really connect with this movie which I mean, it's a long fucking movie. It's like almost three hours. But the way that it's almost like they told you the ending first before the beginning, but somehow the beginning is so much more rewarding is also crazy. Um, John Travolta, amazing. Um, you know, fucking <coughs> Uma Thurman, uh, Vin Diesel, you know, great performances. So influence. Hell yeah. It's influenced the way that I want to see my and other people's art in that way so that's fair what about you uh i like pulp fiction that's pretty good uh dude so i don't want to like ride on the marvel train because i've been riding the marvel train since a little bit before this movie came out but this is just like you know how you see on instagram people be like you just had to be there that kind of meme and it'll be a video of cap like wielding the hammer and the audience reaction to like the opening night yeah. I see something like that, only I'm looking at Infinity War instead of Endgame. So Avengers Infinity War is my, like, number one movie of all time. Not because I think it's the best movie I've ever seen. Because it's not. It's flawed, TG, whatever it may be. But l- everything leading up to Infinity War, from leaks to Funko Pops to where I was in my life, to trailers, to hints, and then actually being there, it was just one of those things you had to be there. I remember really being... Did. I was in my car because right my freshman year of college i was depressed right mm-hmm. i wasn't hanging out with people i wasn't meeting people i wasn't even hanging out in the uh where you would eat like dining halls and things because i i didn't want to i was a commuter i felt isolated so i'd hang out in my I car was gonna a lot say, that was the biggest difference between well like respectfully because like when i was on campus like it's so much easier like when you get on like you feel like you're not in the know so it's like hard to connect you know yeah well I, I wasn't connecting to people because my my headspace was just so unhealthy because yeah. between like whatever was going on at home and then I was in this toxic relationship coming out of high school and then like the whole 
It, conversation for another day. Yes. But I remember <laughs> being in the car. I had my little MacBook Air. And I, I was just sitting there. I'd be like, all right, you know, I'm going to watch some YouTube because I got like an hour until class. I just ate my food, whatever it may be. And then this trailer pops up, man. And it, it's just one of those things where Infinity War and Endgame, Marvel were so good at tempering expectations in terms of what people think was go- were thinking was going to happen and then mm-hmm. not showing you anything or like showing you fake stuff. So I remember mm-hmm. we watched this trailer and we got nothing from it. You knew Thanos was coming. You knew all this, but you didn't understand what was going on. You were just like, holy shit, look, Captain America's got a beard. What yes. the fuck? Spider-Man. Oh, look, Shit's he's got a new suit. Down. Exactly. He's got a beard. It's just, you had to be there. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just that whole experience leading up to that. And then it wasn't even like the climax because from there we went to Endgame. That to me is my, my greatest movie of all time. That is fair. And honestly, I, I think to add on to what you're saying, the energy around that movies and, and you know, around that time were really important. I think it was, it was kind of like a glorious moment in cinema because at that time you didn't have like that star wars level of hype like back in the 80s type stuff i mean at most maybe you had a few runs of that but i never saw a like society and mainstream media (laughs) be so like so encapsulated exactly like it it felt like you couldn't avoid it like that was the that was like the marvel mania you know i think we were talking about this yesterday the fact that endgame one one movie hit mm-hmm. over a billion dollars in a matter of three days for a weekend. Ridiculous. This was a they probably movie, like international ten times movie. their profit margin, bro. Exactly. It was that fucking crazy. Dude, between those two movies, I think the budget was five hundred million dollars. Exactly. And you made almost four yeah. billion. Dude. Fucking wild. But Okay. Yeah. Give me give me that TV show. Your favorite TV show of all time. My favorite TV show. Did we skip one? No, nah, TV show's one. next. Oh, okay. Um, TV show for me. <laughs> I was telling Miguel, I was like, I don't really watch TV shows these days. Why? I'm not really a big binger. I like, I like a lot of content. It's straight to the point in much more short form. I think a lot of people are now these days. But anyway, so for me, it sounds really weird, but there's a lot of context behind it. You're an OG if you ever watched Nedzy Classified School Survival Guide. Results may vary. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, that was such a good show. Great show. I don't know what it was. It was, like, for me, the reason I felt so connected to it, because not only did I legitimately look at, like, for a kid's show, those were, like, legitimately good tips for both middle and high school. I would have said surprising and it, they're, they're very simple tricks but they legitimately like improved my existence during those times and like it's just at the time like and some of them still hold up like it's almost like meme worthy how maybe cringe but like how funny those jokes were sometimes yeah, like the characters well, I mean, were really cool I mean it, it's one of those shows I think that helped shape what modern humor was because we all grew up with it yeah oh for sure like that's what i'm saying like these like quick like the type of comedy in that show was just like quick action punchy like so good it was amazing and then um and then obviously like the little story arcs that you have with like teenage shows like that you obviously get into those too so and it was just like in terms of live action i know that was like our era 
but even further than that i mean i would have put drake and josh i would have yeah the thing I mean, is i love that show i love that show just as much as ned's like those are my two favorite nickelodeon shows i was never a hand. disney kid i was never a cartoon network kid i always watched uh, nickelodeon you were never cartoon network man i watched cartoon network in tandem with nickelodeon but most times more than not i chose nickelodeon over that and then i never touched disney channel people get so mad at that i never touched uh, disney channel i was never a disney kid i was i was more into animated stuff anyway at the time but those shows that nick had were just like hey man shout out dan schneider i know you're, i know you're <laughs> into feet and stuff bro but what? <laughs> you didn't hear about that no, uh, i don't want i don't want to story I, for another day right but anyway <laughs> um actually that'd be a very interesting topic to talk about we'll we'll definitely get back Kinks? to that is that a is that a no just like the creepiness of like child like childhood tv show directors and uh, stuff yeah that's there's a lot of stories about that. Nah, it's nah, really I weird. Going. Okay. No, yeah, no, yeah. For another day. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> but put that aside, right? It made some pretty damn good TV shows. He did. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's all I really have to say. And like for me, like I just it was just too one of those shows that I always put on whether I got home from school, whether I went to my grandma's house, whether even like during homework and shit like that whatever the case may be like it was just that show that you put on like after yeah, you got home exactly it was always on like 3 30 4 o'clock and you were like yo so yeah that's the that's the vibe for a tv show my childhood is very traumatized oh jesus christ okay no, so <laughs> my i gotta say right my for me it's hard because you weren't you're not a binge tv show kind of person i always have been i stopped really when covid hit because i was working too much and i didn't have like the time that I had where I wasn't at work, I'd rather be with friends or family or trying to be productive or whatever it may be. So I haven't binged or really seen anything in a long time. But mm -hmm. for me, it I have like a top three. There's a clear number one, but there's reasons why the other ones are. So right, I wanted to say Dragon Ball Z. I wanted to be that guy, but I, I never like watched Dragon Ball Z. I was always just into like the Dragon Ball Z IP. I've never watched mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Z until now, where Timmy and I are going through it. Uh, yeah. I wanted to say Dexter, because Dexter to me is one of those shows that is a uh, solid, like, and out of ten until you get to the last two seasons. Yeah. But there's uh, one show that I've gone back to, like, and rewatched six or seven times. It's that show that you put on in the background just to make you feel good, and that is uh, How I Met Your Mother. It's a good. I show. think it is the best sitcom of all time. I think it's better than Friends. I think it's better than Seinfeld. Thank you. Thank uh, oh. I'm I'm not a oh. fan of Seinfeld. That just might be me. But what's I'm the a, deal with Miguel? He thinks he has a better opinion than everybody. <laughs> uh, I didn't say it was better. I'm just saying no, that's just my kidding. opinion. I know, I know. I get it, I get it. Uh because I, I can also say I watched Friends. Friends is really good. I met your mother's better. There's just I mean, something about yeah. this group of people, and mind you, I got into it like before I was old enough to know what, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Mind you, a show that couldn't happen in 2022 because 20 different reasons. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm Barney pretty sure. Exist. Wait, what couldn't exist? Barney is not a character that it could, could exist in. Oh, no. God, no. I mean, I barely watch this. I mean, I've watched it with my sister a bunch because she loves. I mean, my my sister, my oldest sister and you have like a lot of similar sitcom tastes. And I will say, yeah, Barney definitely. He, he oh, dude, you know, what we got to try if we ever go out to the bar. We got to play that. Um, have, have you, you ever met Matt? <laughs> I remember Hell yeah, we were, dude. Uh, I think I thought we all, I thought we were gonna do that. I don't think we ever did. I'm pretty though, sure we have played that before. I don't think well, it was nearly. We, we played it at 
the tavern, but we didn't play it at um, Iron Bar. I think we were going to do it at Iron Bar, and then we were a bunch of like then, wussies and got intimidated or something. Yeah. Oh, then I got too drunk. That was, the big, that, yeah, that, that was the big one. That was the big one. I was wondering if I was going to say that, it or if you were going to say it. That was a good night, though, regardless. It was a, fun, it was a very interesting <laughs> night. I'll say that. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, no, not, not my scene. Uh, I definitely nah, would go again. Just, we're going We're going again when I come and visit. Well, you got to come visit first, don't you? Well, yeah. That's, that's a big part of it. Anyway, anyway, um, how I met your mother, ten out of ten. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. There's just something very homey about a uh, Ed Mosby as a character, because he's mm-hmm. such a loser. Yeah. And the way the show ends, I think the way the show ends is fine. It is not one of the worst endings of all time. Do you actually find out how he he met your mother? Oh yeah, the mom died. <laughs> the mom died. It's a whole thing. <laughs> You know, I would say, like, screw you for the spoiler, Here, but then on. it's like, I knew I'm never going to watch it anyway. <laughs> we got to do a quick pause. I'm getting a call from Timmy. Oh, okay. Here, we're going to do a cut. Okay. Right, take two. That Thank was interesting. You. Shout out, shout out, <laughs> shout out, Timmy. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the girl. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. anyway, let's get to it. What, what's next? Tech? Uh, yeah. Tech is the next wave. Um, right, man, show me, what is your number one consumer tech piece of all time? OGs will know. That when you got this on Christmas, you better turn up. It's an iPod Nano. Um, I love this thing, man. Oh, that's a good sample. iPod Nano, always will be. Dude, it, it is. Oh my God, I remember when I first got it. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So let's back up a little bit back to the MMLP2 thing, right? Okay. So for me, okay, I, I, like I, <laughs> mind you. Okay. I didn't really know, like I said, I didn't know how to use it at, very well at the time. So obviously I wasn't as enthralled by it. But the minute that whole process went down where I actually learned how to play the music on a device, changed my perspective on everything. It was like, that moment changed me because, remember throughout high school you never saw me without an earbud in my ear? Oh, I was yeah. that kid. I was one of those that, kids that. too, man. So you know that that just happened. You know, you couldn't escape it. And that's me now to this day, bro. Anything I do and you know me, whether I'm taking a fucking shower, whether I'm just doing work in my room, whether I'm going to work in the car. 100%. I have to be playing something. Gotta have have to have a sound. Yes. Have to have a soundtrack going at all times. And I had to thank that device for it because at the time, dude, it just like took you for a loop. You're like, what the fuck? It's just now, mind you, the model that Miguel is showing is like the first one that I got. There's obviously better iPods, <laughs> the touch. And, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Actually, no, but if we're talking like the classic nanos, like that's the best one. Did you have obviously. one of the nanos with a camera? Yes. I didn't know the nano had a camera. Mine was older it than do- yours. Yeah, man. That thing was fun. I used to take videos all the time, take pictures. I, dude, like my first trips to New York City by myself, I took on that Nano. I really want to find it. Like that's how much it meant to me. Like there's not only just music, but memories, yeah. games. Dude, I used to like get a bunch of, like I actually I used to get a bunch of movies from iTunes. I'd watch that on a plane. I'd watch that on trips, on the bus. Like dude, obviously for everybody that was like a bit of transformative technology, but to, but for me, my biggest focus is the music. Because yeah. again, like that not only inspired me today, but um it, it 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 at the time was really what made me dive more deep into not just the music that I was listening to, but the artists that I was consuming and understanding where my influences come from. Yeah. So hundred percent. In total, 
revolutionary. Dude, I have Thank a, you, Mr. I have a Jobs. story about the, the iPod yeah. Nano. So my mom, yeah. my whole thing was, I think when I turned 10, she bought me a red iPod Nano, like Project Red. Uh, mm-hmm. Later that year, when I was doing like recreational sports, I did track and field. And every year at the end of track, there was a, a banquet where they would like raffle off things. And then uh, it's, it was always like the very last thing they would do. They'd raffle off like the product that year. So I think one, a lot of times it was like an iPad. Mine used the regular iPad, whatever generation it was. But the first year that I was doing track, they did an iPod Nano. And I was sick. I think that was when like the, the swine flu was going around. And I, I caught oh, yeah. like influenza Classic. or whatever it was. But I couldn't go to this banquet because I felt I was horrible. I was like in, in, not in the hospital, but almost. I won another iPod Nano. It was like gunmetal silver. So mm-hmm. I was just this kid in like middle school. I had I, I had no use for two iPods, but I was too young to know that you could like sell them or do anything with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I had two iPod Nanos, man. I don't know what the difference was. I'm pretty sure it had the same music on both. I wasn't smart enough to think like, oh, when this one dies, I'll just use the other one. I was just like, so you just went hand in hand with them? Yeah, I was like, fuck it. I was like, well, right oh now I'm gonna God, pop out bro. the silver one, and I'd like look around and be like, look at me. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, look at that. Now it's the silver. Yeah. Oh, halt! No, now it's the red. It's like we we switching uh, up the styles, switching up everything device. today. A ten out of ten. Yeah, it's a great right. one, man. So we're both Apple boys, so I'm gonna keep it with the Apple fashion. Uh, my number one device of all time is actually the iPhone Seven, and that's mm. not a very bold pick, my friend. It's not because it's the greatest iPhone, because God knows it's not. It's a six SS. It's really one of the most iterative updates that Apple has ever put out for an iPhone, besides this year from the 13 to the 14, that's ass. But for me, right, it was, so I, I had a 4S and with my 4S, I had a problem where like the Wi-Fi died out or something and they had to give me a replacement and the battery life was horrible. I hated the 4S. Retrospectively, love it. Awesome phone, perfect design. I had a six after that. And the six for me was like this phone that I destroyed. I shattered that screen, I think four or five times and had to get it fixed each time. When I got my seven, it was one of those things. I wasn't supposed to get a seven. I was supposed to wait until the next year because my mom got me phones every other year. But I had shattered that six so many times that by the time I got to like the fall of my, like the beginning, I think of junior year, I, uh, it was so beat up to hell that it stopped working. Or this might've been fall of senior year, whatever it was, it stopped working in its entirety. So I, w- I was that kid that had no phone for like a week or two. And my mom had like been this really nice, she was real nice. She ordered it for me and like overnight shipped it or whatever. So that way I could try and get something. This iPhone 7 lasted me from high school up through my first two years of college. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I demolished the battery. The battery, oh, yeah. I think the battery health by the time I was done with it was like 83% in a couple of years. The Damn. screen at that point was also cracked, but it wasn't like down the middle. It would be like, oh, like this corner is messed up. And then the bottom corner is messed up and it cracks and it spiders its way up to the screen. It's just one of those phones to me that holds a special place in my heart because it's also where I started watching Apple leaks. Like, I, I don't know if you know, I've been following Apple leaks and like renders and things since beginning of high school, middle school. And the first phone that I got to watch come out after watching a full year of leaks and things was the seven. There was all these rumors of like what it was going to look like. Oh, it's going to be this whatever. There was chassis leaks in this whole thing. But to me, it's a special place because I watched all of the leaks and then it came out and then I got it in my hand and I got to roll with it. And what I, it was like getting to live kind of like a, a tech YouTuber for a little bit yeah. and just feel like a special kid. So I don't know. Not not the best phone in the world. Actually, kind of bad phone. 
I was gonna say. But if you're putting a sentiment on him, and I can exactly, and that, see, that, like, it's all sentiment. Where it's going. Surprisingly, Damn, people still use that nowadays. I don't know how you survive. So, how long do you have? So you said the first two years of college, boy? I think so. I, I had a 10s yeah. after that, but it, it like, that's like I can clearly remember years. commuting. No, because this was like high school. This, it, it was like three or four years. Still, but I, I can remember commuting with it and then not just commuting like by car, but at a certain point, I think it was my sophomore year, like fourth semester, whatever it was. Before going to Ramapo, I was commuting via the train to Drew. And I remember having that phone and having the horrific battery life and being like, all right, so I got to unplug my phone here and then I got to walk to the train station and then I got to take the train. The train's like 40 minutes or not 40, but like yeah. 30 minutes. But if I'm like on it this much, then by the time I get there, my first class where I sit over here, there's an outlet so I can plug it in and then blah, blah, like having to plan my battery life out during the day. Yeah. Hilarious. Damn. Yeah. I remember those days, though, to be honest, because... I I mean you know me like the ten it was the same way I have I mean, no I idea like how you survived that <laughs> at, at the battery point went, that it was before you upgraded I have no idea I went like what three four years I think just about the same so I know yeah, you're you paying went from a, a ten to a twelve pro max yeah man battery life um, night and day oh dude and what's really funny is I demolished this battery last year with my last job still kicking though still kicking <laughs> I think I make I basically make it through the day still so. Cannot complain. Great. It's all. It's a great Cannot phone. Though. Like a 12 Pro Max, is a great all-in-all yeah, all phone for a while. I mean, we'll see what happens next year, but that was the other episode. So. Oh yeah, listen. I think you and I both better get 15. Uh. Yeah, probably. Tell me. But yeah, man. Tell me, tell me. Your favorite book. <sighs> yes. A book so, that I just purchased. This is kind of like more of a recent development, more than anything. Well, about like 2020. You know, pandemic was going down, this and that. Remember when the early days of the pandemic, like March or April. When and we were all stuck at home and depressed. And we were scared because we're like, if we go outside, are we going to die? Yeah. And we didn't know. It was a very interesting time. So a lot of people were looking for like a lot of hope at this time. And I think I think some of that stuff is stuck with people today. And you can get into a bigger theological argument that it kind of pushed the hustlers mentality that we see a lot in social media and stuff especially now because everyone feels like it's brand new and to that credit it was but at the same time i do feel like there's a certain level to where you also had to be very realistic about your growth and understand and not just do things for the shit's sake of doing it but understand why you feel the way you do about certain things and why maybe you'd want to do a side hustle or maybe why you'd want to do um, just a regular nine to five and understanding yourself. I think that was the biggest issue at that time is that people, including myself, where you felt like you had to be like bigger than what you are and you define your successes off of unrealistic standards. So I remember a good friend of ours, Patrick, um, he recommended me this book. I remember at that time and friend of the pod, friend of the pod, friend of the pod. He might jump on soon. Hopefully maybe we could talk about that. Ooh. He'd be a very good snack time. He would be, um, Anyway, so, you know, one of the things that the, this book talks about a lot is how to detach your emotions from from what you're trying to achieve and be objective, but use emotions intelligently. And at this time in my life, especially in my past four years of college, I wasn't doing that. I was mostly just thinking about things from my heart. And I think that's what killed me. Um, 
And when I started reading this book, it started to make a lot more sense to me because it, it tells you to do a lot of important things like to really catalog and like journal your feelings. Like, and I know some people are not always into that, but for me, especially now up till now, it's been very important. Important. It's definitely, um, especially after, I guess, a tough past two years, but I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to get that deep into it. But the main <laughs> point I'm trying to make is that <laughs> I know, cause it's just, it's just context. I'm not upset. By no, anything, I, I got but, um, but nowadays it's it's really developed my mindset to essentially be more executive with what i do over just wanting things and i feel like a lot of motivational books just teach you how to want things but i'm not saying like this this book is like guiding me step by step on what i want to do but it shows previous example multiple examples of like either really successful people or just day-to-day people just achieving what they want through the sheer notion of just throwing your feelings out the window and just literally saying fuck it i'm gonna just do this if this is bad okay and to really understand why you're doing what you're doing um so yeah 10 out of 10 book it's like on my fourth reread right now so uh, it's pretty good i just bought it not too long ago uh i haven't been reading uh, you and I are both in the middle of Project 50. Uh, I've not that I've fallen off Project 50, but I'm like 40 days in right now, and I've kind of certain things have fallen off. Like I haven't been reading as much as I should, but I did just. Oh, I've definitely been falling off, and I'm early in. It's hard. <laughs> I'm not even gonna it's lie hard. to you. It is. You know, it's. I'm not gonna say. But that's the point. It's um. Yeah. So, but uh, what 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 is your your final piece? Uh, your your book. Yes, my final piece. So this you. for me, it's not specifically one book. It's a series. The series is Maximum Ride, from uh, James Patterson. For me, this is like a. This was before I knew about Star. This was like middle school, early to middle of middle school. Because for me, middle school was fourth grade to eighth grade, because that's just the way that we were set up in my district. Mm. Uh, this was like during me learning some things about Dragon Ball Z and not knowing anything about Star Wars. The MCU was in its infancy or non existent at this point. So I was very like looking for some kind of fantastical. I guess, and th- this is one of those books that I, this series, I never read the entirety, right? Because I believe it's, when I got done with it, it was like eight books long. Mm-hmm. And then even now, I think they're still coming out with whatever. There was supposed to be something like the final book, but now there's four more that have come out after that. I never got through all of them. I don't know the entire story. I couldn't even tell you right now, like, most of the story. It's basically just these kids, they were this experiment where it was like DNA crossbreeding between like people and for these people specifically it was like birds they had like this super strength and these abilities but they also literally had wings that they could like tuck into their back to fly around in and it was just like part of it was oh it's fantastical they're kind of like these super people that are doing whatever and then part of it was every now and then they'd go to school and they'd just live a regular life or attempt to but have like they had no parents it was just a group of them have to somehow survive with these weird wings and hide them from people but then also try to enjoy their lives of having to grow up as these weird like like the weirdest the weirdest that you could be the weirdest that in your wildest dreams the strangest you could ever feel and Mm -hmm. to me it was just it was relatable in middle school the fantastical aspect i enjoyed and the whole like the idea of there being eight books i was like fuck yeah dude i could sit down and read these eight books mind you i've read probably four of them i started the last one when it came out the, the quote last one but this was like senior year of high school and i'm mm-hmm. sure i still have them somewhere it's not one of those things i think i'll ever revisit but it holds a special place in my heart 
just because of how I felt back then. Yeah. Damn. Not sure if I'd recommend. That sounds really sad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, man's getting deep into it. Nah, but that's dope, though. I mean, I haven't really... I mean, that's only big grown-up boy. I haven't read, like, a good fiction in a while. But that's honestly... Sounds crazy, but I would definitely hop back into that for show. You know? Maybe one day. I always liked those types of stories, though, growing up. Like, where it's kind of, like, teetering between reality and... um and uh in 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 reality or sorry teetering between non-reality and reality my god i can't speak words um you remember bridget terabithia yes only the movie oh but the book was really good too i mean it's the usual shit people were like oh the book had more than the uh movie blah 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 i don't care man when that bitch fell off that bridge and i don't care if you haven't seen that movie came out like 2008 bro that shit was sad that shit was sad you know what isn't sad? Um, Subscribe. Make to sure me. to follow us. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Great minds alike. <laughs> make sure to subscribe to the Anything Bowl. Follow us on all socials. It'll be link in well wherever the frick you're wherever listening it to. May be. At Anything Bowl Pod on Instagram, you can find all those there every Monday and Friday on a release radar. Uh, Miguel, you have anything to tell the people? Uh, by this point. I will be in Disney World. I will be enjoying myself. You will not hear from me for a bit, but I will have put out at least a song or two because I have plans to put out some Christmas music because it's my favorite time of year. So you best listen be to my jamming music, motherfucker. Our music, mother you truckers. Best be playing it. Matt's album. Best be playing soon. my EP. Well, yeah, I keep saying EP. It really isn't becoming an album. At this it will point. be. Listen to his <laughs> it will vision. be at this point. Listen to my. Watch this. Listen to the back oh, catalog, dude, man. Dude, By I this just point, did it. I just did a dated meme. <laughs> Are we dabbing? Listen to no, the I, back I was, catalog. I was doing the Usher like eye thing. Watch this. This is my <laughs> confession. So people are gonna yeah. What's up? <laughs> listen to the back catalog of the Anything Bowl. Right now, by the time of recording, we have about sixty episodes in terms of back catalog. And by the time this goes up, I'm sure we'll hit almost a hundred. Hell listen yeah! Listen to dude. the back catalog. There's a lot of goodies in there. It's really funny to look at our perspectives of. October 2019 versus now going into 2023. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how we... Oh, well, yeah. Well, between you and me and doing like, you know, now we're doing uh, training. Costco. We're doing Costco. We're doing everything. Lifting. It's going to be interesting to see, man. No more herniated... Three dish. months in the focus and the hustle vision, baby. Uh, oh, shit. almost fell. <laughs> Goodbye.